Next on Trek Mary Kill. Promotions, tulips, cheese. At the edge of the universe. Starfleet intercepted a distress call. Command thinks could be related to the recent attacks. At the brink of destruction. The attacks have all been non-Federation ships, but now someone's targeting Starfleet. They're sending the Cerritos? I guess we're finally getting some respect. Uh, oh, oh, man, I have to start with holodeck waste removal. Blech. Your odor will be repulsive. These are the voyages of the crew of the starship Cerritos. We're all such a good team. We finish each other. Diophantine equations. <laughs> Don't get too used to this kind of work. Promotions are coming up, and I think you'll be very happy. Wait, really? As long as nothing goes sideways today. All part of the ambiance. On September 7th. Oopsie. Holy f They will have one chance. Wow. We'll be friends no matter what our ranks are. That's an order. Yes, ma'am. To prove huh. that they can be more. We've worked together for years. I trust you. <laughs> then simply. Lower decks! Lower decks! Slow down, slow down! This is nothing compared to, you know, that Pike thing we aren't supposed to talk about. A new season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh man, am I in the game? Move along home. Alamarain, count to four. Trek, Mary, kill. Hi, I'm Brian. Hi, I'm Kristen. Hey, Bastards Online. Welcome to Trek Mary Kill, a podcast where we straight up murder bad episodes of Star Trek. And joining us once again is the inimitable Fansense09 from the internet. Fansense, welcome. Hey, nice. Thanks for been a long time, guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it feels like uh, it was a yeah. long time ago since we talked it's been about like Tuvix. 90 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, I mean. This week we're judging Tuvix, T W O V I X. From Lower Decks, its fourth season premiere, it debuted on Paramount Plus September 7th, 2023, written by showrunner Mike McMahon, directed by Barry J. Kelly and Jason Zurich. Memory Alpha describes it, the Cerritos ensigns must assist the caretaker on the voyage of a historically significant starship. What Memory Alpha doesn't tell you is that it's Voyager, that's the ship, and which is for some reason still has a lot of objects and Easter eggs left behind from the voyage that so we can have an episode where uh, some stuff happens with a lot of callbacks from other episodes. Uh, mainly a sequel for Tuvix, T-U-V-I-X. Uh, so a whole lot of the crew gets Tuvixed in this one. Uh, Kristen, is this your first time watching Lower Decks? It is, yes. Well, what did you think? I thought it was cute. Fans in 09, one of the writers on your contract, green M&Ms, nobody looks at you. When you do Tuvix from Voyager, we also have to do Tuvix from Lower Decks. Explain. I just was, I just thought it was uh, when you finally got up, up to me and said, we gotta do, we're going to do Tuvix. I said, oh, do the companion piece as well. Because I think it I think it matches it well. I think it provides a good critique on the episode. And I, I like Lower Decks a whole lot. So I wanted to make sure you guys were giving Lower Decks some attention and love on here. Yeah, tell us, uh, proselytize about Lower Decks maybe for a second. See, it, it's just... For as much as people complain, kind of like Discovery kind of missed the mark in terms of like the what it means to be Starfleet stuff. And it's not trying to be that show. Um, this Lower Decks actually works. Like even if you don't like the humor, 
it works in canon. It follows all the Star Trek tropes. It 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 doesn't so much be like, hey, this is stupid. Like it seemed like it would at the beginning. You know, when I first watched it, I was like, okay, I can see this getting annoying. I can see it being too tongue in cheek, too self referent You know, but it's it's very like everything works kind of still within the canon, within the storyline, and like everybody fills the roles you need. You know, the characters have kind of taken on lives of their own. They've grown. They've they've you know there actually is progression. There actually is a crew. You know that I think is missing in Discovery and and to to an extent in Strange New Worlds. So I think like when you look at the new track, like this is kind of like the purest and and the truest follow up to Next Generation and to that era. You know, because it wasn't sent as, oh, we're going to go back to the TOS roots. We're going to go back to, you know, do something new. It really was like, okay, hey, we're going to go back to the timeline that we didn't really do a whole lot with and and kind of like, you know, expand on the, the famous Next Gen episode and, and, you know, throw some humor in it. But at the same time, you know, really keep and really stick to like the true nature of what makes Star Trek good. So starting next year, January 2024, we will be doing... Uh, I guess like a recap or rewatch of Lower Decks starting with season one. And that's part of our monthly animated episodes uh, drop where we do two animated episodes in an hour. This one, we're just doing a half hour one segment off. We have found since 09 right now. So we thought we'd do this one. Uh, Mike McMahon, the showrunner for Lower Decks. Uh, he was quoted in the Jordan Hoffman piece I referenced in our Voyager Tuvix episode saying Tuvix is now a big part of the experience of being a deep lore Trekkie. I don't know if uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mentioning the episode makes this a deep lore thing. Mm -hmm. So there's that element to it. Uh, Once once multiple people have published (laughs) scholarly articles on it, um, it's no longer deep lore. It's deep lore like the Star Wars uh, holiday special is deep lore. It's like people might not have seen it, but it's a thing people reference when they talk about like weird stuff that's been done. It's definitely not deep lore. He also pointed out that this, that Tuvix, the original one was an episode that wanted you to feel bad when it was over. I think we agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but he also said this to supporting your premise, Kristen. He goes, yeah. I was happy Janeway killed Tuvix. Just because <laughs> I don't want to see his ass anymore. But I love that there's still we're still arguing about Tuvix. That's real Star Trek shit. I see why people hate it, but get Tuvix the fuck out of here. So you don't like what happened to Tuvix? Show the Tuvix show. You want to see more Tuvix? Get the hell out of here. So that was the spirit of like, let's just do a Tuvix episode. Uh motivating this one he said that the lower deck staff spent a lot of time thinking about tuvix in the writer's room so this is before he mentioned all this before we knew there was going to be an Mm -hmm. episode in lower decks uh but i guess maybe that was informing this one or just like it was a topic of conversation that would just come up every so often um but he he offered several uh possible scenarios Manipulate the transporter to create a clone. Make a Thomas Riker of Tuvix, but don't let him ever gain consciousness. You don't let him become aware. You take that Tuvix and split him in two. Now you've got Neelix and Tuvox back, plus Tuvix is still alive. Everyone is happy. Damn it, it's sci-fi. You can do whatever you want. So he's arguing against the premise of doing the episode, which is like, what if this happened? Well, that, that's but, how I expected that episode to end, by the way, which was that all three. And then again, they were mm-hmm. like, oh, Tuvix, take a shovel. And and even though we have an unlimited supply of these for some reason, here you go, take one of our, our runabouts or whatever and go and explore and whatever. I figured that's how it ends, So for the um, animated episodes, we do, we do fewer grades. Uh, so I'll just run through a couple of little notes here. Andy Richter is the voice of the Voyager Museum guy. 
Um, the callbacks, Easter eggs, lazy punchlines. Ooh. <laughs> Meow. Cheese bit is from the episode Learning Curve, which is the season one finale of Voyager. I have such a, a vague recollection of the Neelix cheese yeah. situation. Like <laughs> I mean, mac rem- and cheese or whatever. I vaguely remember Learning Curve more for Tuvok training the recalcitrant Maquis people. Like running mm-hmm. them around the corridors. That's what I remember that episode <laughs> most before. The macrovirus is from Macrocosm from season three. The clown is from season two's The Thaw. That was Michael McKean playing a killer clown in oh a. My God. I swear to God, Kristen, I have been trying to get that episode on our schedule for over a year, and it's I can't make episode. it work. Because I think it's it's one of the it's one of the core episodes that maybe go that episode needs to be revisited and I need to make some arguments about it. It should not be an immediate kill if you see it on the list. There's some interesting well, parts I mean, the of there. The performance is great. He's Michael Keaton's great. In it. I mean, yeah, is great. It's just yeah. you know, it's like all of the holodeck episodes for Voyager was stupid. It's not a holodeck episode. It's even dumber than that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> but well, I mean, it's, it's episode. It's, I thought it was no. no it's not it's a holodeck not, episode. Not. They come across like a couple of survivors from like a uh, uh, climate collapse and they've plugged into this like online virtual space to write it out. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah, program yeah. that's supposed to be taking care of them is like, well, you can never leave and I'm going to keep you here by fear. Um, it's kind of like a stupid idea though. Cause if it kills you, then it loses the thing it needs to survive mm-hmm. anyway. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is <laughs> it's Janeway being her most Captain Kirk. And I think on that alone, it should be considered a fucking awesome episode of Voyager. But anyway, the clown appears in this episode, not voiced by Michael mm-hmm. McKean. Yeah, sadly. Yes. And then there's uh, Dr. Chaotica from multiple episodes. I am not a fan of those retro prestige things, especially black and white, the old serialized things. My opinion about Voyager and Enterprise, whenever they did anything that dipped back into our cultural history, it should be more it should be more recent. That's the fun of it. Like InSync so should not, have been on the holodeck. Yeah. That should yeah. have been I it, that either. Yeah, I never understood why it was like So oh, not Gilbert and Sullivan. Like, yeah, musicals. yeah. It was 1930s Earth. It's like, well, nothing <laughs> ever was better. Yeah. That's right. It's like, oh, you're you're Tom Paris is fixing up classic cars from the old guys making the show. I'm, Why not? I mean, it's honestly, just... to be fair, everything does kind of suck. So maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's a good counterpoint. I mean, it would it, so be great if they just took some movie or whatever that wasn't really that popular and be like, oh, yeah, it's a classic. That like would be great. Tom Cruise's The Mummy or whatever. <laughs> like that's their touch, their cultural touchstone. Night and day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the Irish hologram who misses his wife is from season four's Fairhaven. And the joke there being that Janeway deletes the wife so that she can have a, a, a romance novel adventure with this guy. Let's get into some great moments. Fans and so nine. So these don't have to be whole scenes, just Parts of it you like. It could be a joke. It could just be a little snippet, whatever. I mean, I, I happen to be a fan of just the, uh, you know, it, it falls into Boimler's characters. Like he is particularly, as you see in previous episodes, there's a Tom Paris episode. He's he's particularly a big fan of Boy. So seeing him kind of, and and he's the he's the uh, the kind of audience insert kind of geeking out over stuff character. So just kind of seeing him on the on the ship and, you know, almost knock you know, knocking Harry Kim the Harry Kim mannequin over and kind of like understanding what all this stuff is going in. So 
I like that. Um, let me see what else. Uh, also, just the lines of like, I'm sure Janeway had a perfectly reasonable, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, I thought that was good. And then Mariner would be like, yeah, she straight killed his ass. Like, uh, Kristen. Um, two Vicks just screaming, I love being alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, of course, there's always like the what the part where they're like, well, if nothing goes wrong, you're going to get promoted. Yeah. And like everything always goes wrong. So like the just I mean, being self-referential like that, I think was cute. I mean, I maybe it gets more. It doesn't hold its charm for every episode, but um, yeah, I like that. And then, of course, I liked um, breaking the Voyager with the Neelix cheese. <laughs> okay break voyager break voyager uh i really like the beginning when we're in the cargo bay with the borg alcoves someone's moving the seven of nine mannequin and the head falls off and they try yeah. to like cover for it i thought that was a nice little visual gag i fucking laughed my ass off at the it's called being too vixed captain explaining <laughs> the whole situation the graphic they use uh, with, uh, I'll talk about that in a second. And then I actually really love when Mariner's promoted and she's pushing back uh, against it with Ransom in his quarters. And he just is like, you're dismissed. And then he starts doing the pull-ups mm-hmm. like a total bro, like in the middle yeah. of the conversation. I, I like that. Uh, best Trek tropes, Vansons 09. You know, I, I think I think this one kind of like turned the tropes on the head a little bit again, back to like assuming, you know, oh, we had a decent solution. What the hell? You know, um, you know, I, I think the they did get into like the, um, you know, the two officers sitting in the in the lounge talking about kind of like the moral problems with it. Um, the kind of new sentient being like talking to the, the psychiatrist kind of about it, um, you know, and it's kind of also like the the officers bonding i know i think this is one of the first to win episodes who's the vulcan and you know kind of like you know the 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 trope of like the vulcan bonding with like the most overeager and bunches you know rambunctious person on the crew who's tending almost like me like in tubak yeah exactly so like they have that that a little bit i tend a better character um so it's like that well tendy is a character yeah Tendi actually has a role and has a character and does stuff yeah uh kristen yeah i put holodeck duty which I'm told is a trope on this particular show, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, also, San Francisco is still around. You know how much I like that. Um, we have an ending captain's log. And then, of course, the Klingon ship interiors. So, you know, they're, you know, they're serious. Yeah. They're bad guys. Yeah. I put the power of friendship being the, the, <laughs> yeah. the trope, best Trek trope, because that is the thing that gets Mariner promoted, right, is... Uh, Ransom seeing that she basically peps up uh, Boimler so he becomes the best version of himself. I think that's informing every Shax is concerned about everyone being Tuvix. I think that's like a, a theme running. It's the you know the basis for Tendi and Talin. Like I think that's all there. Um, yeah, and, that, and, and that's to. that's the very Star Trek. Of, I mean, but then that's what Lower Decks I think does really well. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a scene. I don't think it was this episode, but there's a scene in, in a later episode where they. You know, Shrax is talking about how he's the chief of security, but that also means like taking care of everybody's well-being on the ship and trying to cheer people up. And like, you yeah. know, it's very much shows like the camaraderie, which is like ultimately what made Star Trek popular was that, you know, here's a crew of people that legitimately like each other. So they, they've, as the shows kind of progress and they've had the opportunity to expand and give more life to the supporting characters and stuff like that, like that, that kind of like friendship is the key to everything is, is pretty much the through line of Lower Decks. 
For me, the worst Trek trope was using the Klingons to set up how strong the new adversary is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just kind of silly. And I mean, this one wasn't as, I mean, it was just a energy beam. It wasn't as weird as V'ger, which certainly well, was somewhat implied by the uh, ending with this mystery ship. I, I but, get that, but, but it's, it's, it was a through line. I don't want to spoil it for people, but it was a through line. So, so this episode didn't cling on, but then the following episode was Romulans. There was an episode where it was the, the Binars. So it's like there's, it's the new threat that pops up at the end of the season. It's them taking new ships every time. So I get, you know, that, but it, it, it wasn't so much, I don't think, trying to show that it's strong. It was just that it's taking like one of each of the crews. So if you haven't seen any of the other episodes, it doesn't make any sense. So I get it. Well, I mean, just generally speaking, like they would do in Next Generation, oh, we need to establish how strong this thing is. We'll beat up Worf. Yeah, or, true. you know, <laughs> the motion picture. This is the new alien threat. Even the Klingons are powerless against this thing. Like that kind of stuff. So uh, it's just a trope that they throw yeah, out there. Uh, any other tropes anyone wants to throw out for bad? Or um, I don't really know where to put this. I probably should have mentioned it last episode. But is the Voyager ship considered one of the uglier ones? <laughs> like universally no everybody always like even in um even in uh picard when they show it you're like oh what a beautiful ship it's like it's it's considered this like great iconic you know it's gonna be a museum so i don't i don't think so i think it's hailed as like this great feat of engineering me. no i mean amongst the the fans the viewers oh, the not, so, not like shit, in the yeah, show, the show. <laughs> oh, okay 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 like in the show yeah they they go they trip all over themselves talking about how beautiful it is but I, I think mean, that Voyager fans think it's a, a beautiful, marvelous, most beautiful ship. I'm, I mean, not exclusively, but definitely. Like it's a lot like, like a Stingray. Like yeah. more so than the other ones somehow. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to see it, but I never... It's tough to like sit through, like grow up with Next Generation and then even Deep Sea. I mean, I, I love the Defiant, but I would never sit there and say the Defiant's like a beautiful ship. Like I don't have a strong emotional attachment to that, or even Deep Space Nine, the station itself. So I feel like you can like a thing without loving it and thinking it's the best, but I don't know. Okay. I was just wondering. I wasn't sure what the consensus was. pylons on DS9 get me every time. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the blues on Voyager. The the deflector dish is nice. Um, Now it's time for the line must be drawn here. Great lines. I hope this isn't a Romulan thing. I hate the neutral zone. And then... (laughs) Some replies, I know, right? I know you would like that type of dialogue, <laughs> no, Brian, it's just... but for here, I think it's fine. <laughs> I know all about the Neelix cheese. There's a whole display for it on deck seven. <laughs> <laughs> Mariner saying, she knows Janeway straight up murdered Tuvix, right? Yeah, the, the back and forth for me is back and forth with, did she figure it out? No, she murdered him. Well, no, 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 no. She isolated the genomes and split him up. He begged for his life. It's like, holy shit. She didn't mess around, you know. <laughs> Uh, Ransom saying, shock it when the walls fell, Ensign. It was more the delivery than anything else. <laughs> right. Now it's time for the line must be drawn there. Great art. Uh, I I laughed at the, it's called being Tuvix, Captain, in part because not just the newscaster, it's called, you know, Tuvixing mm-hmm. or whatever. But the fact that the graphic is, uh, you know, Tuvix, but then Tuvok on one side, and then like a jaunty Neelix dance, doing a jig or something on the side was so great. Um, I liked just like the mannequins of the crew and everyone like carrying them around. It's just funny to me. 
It's like, hilarious because he said we established, we put holographic holometers everywhere on the ship, so you could just put holograms yeah. of the real characters there. So they still do the museum mannequin thing. Although they said like the uniforms are the actual ones. Oh right, yes. Yeah, so absolutely. it's kind of more like a costume yeah. museum, I guess. I gotta tell you, I've been to many Star Trek exhibitions, and without fail, seeing the uniforms don't do anything for me. Like the screen worn oh, ones, really? I, for the most part, it doesn't really do. No, doesn't really do anything. It's like, oh wow, look how thin and short these people are. In real no, life, I oh. have a th- occasionally that happens. Like, uh, you know, you go to a movie theater and they'll have displays out. Sometimes it'll just be like, this person I thought was tiny is actually even tinier than I thought. Or I'm surprised by like how tall Robert Pattinson is because I never paid attention during the Twilight days. I didn't know he was actually incredibly tall at least for an actor he's five foot eight because no. usually my brain i don't know i'm able to like make the like when i see actors in real life i'm like oh they look just how they look on camera like my brain can make the adjustment of seeing it in real life so i see i always like seeing like the difference between like the tv ones and the movie ones because the textures are different and all like mm-hmm. when you look at like the 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 red ones that they wore in the original series movies like compared to the show it's like okay this is like flimsy but these had to be remade and like you look yeah. at the, the gray ones for first contact, you know, it's like, oh, the and, shoulder pads are really textured. And now there would be a difference top. between the HD ones. Yeah, there wouldn't be it at all. And the standard def costumes. That's true. That's true. But I go gaga for like the props. Oh, the screen so props. Those are the ones I'm like. At the Academy Museum, they have a costume oh, worn by, um, no, no, they have costume oh. worn by um, Angelica Houston. And she's tall as hell. Like I knew that she was tall, but she's like, Six feet tall or something. She should have hooped instead of trying to be Morticia Adams. I know. <laughs> well, they have the Midsummer <laughs> dress there at the Academy Museum. I'm like, oh, okay. It's no longer on display, but... Ah, I see. Yeah. They have uh, so many costumes, I have to rotate them all in and out. Actually, uh, and R2-D2 is no longer there. What? No. Yeah. That was the best... Ah! I know. <laughs> Can you imagine if I'd taken my son there not knowing that they'd sw- swapped it out? Oh my god. He would gosh. have lost it. You've been there with him. He lost it like when we couldn't see him right away. I'm not even a Star Wars fan and I love R2D2. It's just, yeah. what? I don't I don't know if it's like uh they had to loan it to someone or whatever. I don't know what the deal is. They all HBO the Star Wars Max are gone. Jeez. Uh, they were re um replaced with a couple other ones. I can't remember which ones. Sorry. Meanwhile, they have the T-Rex from Jurassic Park there. The, you know, the mechanical input armature thing that they use to put it, do all the computer data with. And I'm like, that's the T-Rex from the movie. And <laughs> and that's exciting to me. I That's this kind of stuff that I like. I like seeing it's like that phaser looks so cool on screen. And then you look up close and you're like those stickers it's, look disgusting. Yeah, yeah it's like it's, it's dirty. So yeah. So that's yeah, like shittily painted. You know. That's right. Yep. Oh, it's just wood. That's weird. Like, mm. I never would have thought. Like RGD2, a surprising amount of wood in this construction. <laughs> Wait, so did it like do stuff or was it just like a statue of art? I haven't been there. So is it, um, it, it was the original. It was one of them that was like the suit that was worn by the little person inside. Did they, did they have a midget in there like doing stuff? or just No, there? no, it's just behind glass. Oh. So there's a whole, um, and they also had C3PO. Um, they had the the fish of water, the the shape of water guy, the fish f***ing guy. Um, oh, yeah. They have that guy. Um, they have a couple have other weird, like, the, creatures. 
the spacesuit from 2001. Mm-hmm. Which they, they decided like to light as costumes from as like um, Black Panther. I think they, oh they have Edward Scissorhands I believe now that's one of the ones they have in there. Yeah. And then they just have a room that's in the round that's just uh, every space shot from cinema. Oh. And you could just go in there and lose half a day just staring at. It. Yeah, and we practically did. And <laughs> Brian kept going, "That one's from the motion picture right there." <laughs> Uh, and then my yeah, son kept going. Back. Where's the oh, Millennium yeah. Falcon? I gotta get there eventually. Yeah, it's fun. They don't, but they don't have any. They don't have anything from Two Vix there, I'm assuming. No. Not well, that's either. a television yeah. show, so. Oh, so that'll be the Academy, the Television Academy. Yeah. I have to go they there. wouldn't be brave enough to. That's, that's in North Hollywood. You have to no, knock could, on could. their door and ask them. The, the, the left won't let you put Two Vix on display. <laughs> they can't do it anymore. We'll, we we'll actually burn the suit. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting one when they remaster it, because did you notice the weird fake like cartoon CGI Neelix mask? Like it looked like a pig mask uh, that they put on on the three when they're splitting them apart at the end. There's like some oh. CGI uh, body morph or face that they're yeah, using. Yeah, that looked weird. It looked weird. It was supposed to. But I'm like, they're going to have to redo all that. And that's going to. Maybe even look are they gonna really bother? Are they going to really bother doing that? <laughs> so the only thing I've heard or, you know, listen to other podcasts that are more knowledgeable is that Paramount's at least put out to bidding Deep Space Nine. And you would assume if they're going to do Deep Space Nine, which was not as popular as Voyager, they're going to do Voyager. I, I, no, I, would, I, would, I think I think DS9 is, is more popular like now than, than Voyager. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't popular at the time, but I think it's one of those shows that kind of like you know, everybody loves now, you know, everybody talks about it. it. It means a lot more to people now than it used to. So I can see that, but I don't know. Cause I, I, I mean, I, I just think it's, more, you know, I think it's becoming like one of the, the prestige shows of the group, but I don't know. I mean, uh, they're going to really spend that time on Voyager. Are they going to do enterprise too? And, and, well, uh, enterprise is already done. It would only deep oh, design right. and, and Voyager, the only two that are not. So the other oh, part right, is yeah, Enterprise was kind of like yeah. in HD already. So yeah. And lot. they also Voyager when before Paramount Plus walled it all off from everybody. That was the most popular Star Trek on Netflix. It's the most viewed Voyager. Really? Oh. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I, guess, well, I guess because I guess people are young. I guess because of the like, younger people that grew up with it. I mean, yeah. I guess if like they grew up, you grew up with Voyager, like I grew up with Next Generation, then that's your that's your crew i guess yeah i think one of my younger sisters actually used to watch voyager a fair amount you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of like i always freak out when i like get freaked out on twitter when i see it. it's not even so much freaked out but like when people are like you know like with with the new star wars people are like oh my god they showed anakin we got it's like who cares those movies sucked but i'm like oh no kids grew up with that being their star wars like there's kids that grew up with like the prequels being their Star Wars and Anakin being their guy, and they want more stories of him, and they don't necessarily care about Luke and Han and all those guys. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. It's wild. It's weird. It's it shouldn't. Weird. It shouldn't get loud. People shouldn't be allowed to be younger than me. Mm-hmm. I've been saying law. it. That's a new law. It should be the law. You're Look hearing it more and more. Yeah, you're hearing it more and more that more and more young people. Should, I should be the youngest person on earth. Yeah. Uh, fans and so nine. Did you have any great art you wanted to spotlight? I think uh, the the line um, when they were talking about why she loves uh, boy was talking about why he why he loves um, Voyager and he goes Chicote served here 
I thought that was just great because it's like <laughs> that was like the perfect line because it's like oh okay <laughs> you know it's like the character nobody likes he's going Chakotay served here the equivalent of Anakin Skywalker is my favorite character yeah, yeah. and it's funny then I she the way he killed all those kids <laughs> and then she follows it up with like well it's not as good as that pike you know because this was right after the the crossover episode so it references that but yeah i i like that his uh, his argument to why voyager is the best was chakotay served here i mean this was definitely a love letter to voyager which yeah. you know animation makes very easily uh mm-hmm. possible what part of this will they teach at starfleet academy i have this blank because you've got a starfleet officer who gets merged two of them and their decision is i need to build a base of allies so I'm going to uh, <laughs> violate every crew member and merge them together. Like it's the idea, the res- the reaction was like Tuvix becomes a criminal. Like this is doing it against their will is, is uh, intentionally is definitely a criminal action. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they would teach at Starfleet Academy. That once you've merged so many, the moral, there's no longer a moral question. You should just separate them all. That's right. Tendi was like, I can only abstract this so much once they all start blobbing together. Um, I guess they teach that uh, personality software that uh, Mm -hmm. Ellipse devised. That might be something that's like the new phrenology. Or uh, like, did they figure out a way to like digitize a horoscope or something? How does that work? <laughs> well, I, I think I think the the what what they teach at Starfleet is like the um, you know it's it's it, the, the subplot besides everybody getting merged was the 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 ensigns becoming lieutenant junior grades and like dealing with that and dealing with kind of their place in the whole thing. And I think that would be more of like what they teach at Starfleet Academy is like here's what to expect when you when you move up, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's well, like, yeah. oh, you guys are still the most important, least level officers. You know, it's, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing is what I think that maybe the lesson is from this. I think, you know, outside of just kind of like the jokey, like two Vicks thing, there is that character growth. Oh, wait, what, what about, um, if you meet Dr. Chaotica, you can kind of fry his brain a bit by <laughs> knowing <laughs> some about you- his lore. That's yeah. so close to being uh, uh, talking a computer to death trope. Yeah. Oh, it comes so Very close. Almost. Yeah, because the cheese is what seals the deal. Mm-hmm. But just that moment. Ah, oh, Boimler, so close. That's one of the vaunted Trek tropes. That's the that's <laughs> top tier. Uh, all right, so Trek, marry, or kill T-W-O-V-I-X, Tuvix from Lower Decks, Fansenso 9. Yeah, this one's a Trek. Uh, this is one where I would, I would, if I'm trying to sell someone on Lower Decks and like, no, it's actually good. It's actually like a loving tribute to like the Trek we grew up on. This would be probably one of like the four episodes I'd show. That is high praise, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also a Trek. I liked it. Great. I'm so glad that we have three on the panel so I can say kill. Because my votes are relevant. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Why are you? Why are you in a- if you just had all the shenanigans of of the Voyager just moving the ship and all this disaster happening, that was kind of its own level of fun with all these mm-hmm. Easter eggs. The Tuvix one just felt like a bridge too far. I didn't like the kind of violence of the crew against each other in that one. It was just kind of um, it was silly for the sake of being silly. 
is what it because that's the only way that that story makes any sense so you're saying the cartoon was too well, silly for you well if you're asking me that well if, if we're saying lower decks captures the spirit of star trek you know uh, is this a cartoon plot or is this merely animated star no, trek? I, I get it entirely what you're talking about right so it felt like a cartoon plot as opposed to an animated plot which you know i think the voyager part of the story does straddle the line uh pretty nicely and i like the idea of doing a sequel to tuvix and i think lower decks is actually the perfect outlet for that sequel i just thought at the end of the day i'm like whoa we really got militant pretty quickly here <laughs> on top of just a pedal floating through an air vent to even set it up it was all kind of uh, too sweaty for me this time out, but it doesn't matter because it's a trek. It's going to go in the record as a trek. So awesome. great, yes, fans. So all is well, uh, fans and so nine. Thank you for coming on to discuss both Tuvix episodes. Uh, is there anything you want to alert people to? Um, yeah, I'm working on something. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about it yet. It, okay. It, it, well, no. Do you want to talk about it and then tell him later if you want to edit it no, out? No, no, no. I've been threatening to start a podcast for a while. And kind of like I'm to the point where the only hurdle is is trying to figure out how to do a podcast. But it's not the sour one, is it? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Once I I figure it out, once I figure it out, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) Are you kidding me? What? I I had to ask because I wasn't sure I heard that correctly. (laughs) Yeah. So so we're keeping this in. No, we're gonna keep it in. The the plan. And I guess, I, again, I just have to figure out how to do a podcast. <laughs> Once I figure that out, you guys are all done. But um, yeah, I want to do a podcast or I'm planning on doing a podcast where uh, every week we just discuss the movie Salo. Um, we take a different approach on it. We get different guests who bring their different perspectives, um, ask them to kind of evaluate it, you know, based on their first impressions. Help, usually it'll be people that have never seen it before. And um, oh, kind God. of get their first impressions of it and then kind of talk about their expertise and how it relates. I think that'd be good. I think it'd be good. I think the people are demanding more sallow content. Uh, we're hearing this more and more. Uh, the other day, a big tough guy came up to me, tears in his eyes. He's like, "Sir, sir, do they have tears in their eyes?" Hello, podcast, sir. And I said, "We're doing it. We're making it happen. We're getting. We're going to do it." Brian, have you seen Salo? I have, and I'm, I'm, I'm like scrolling through all possible jokes here. I have unfortunately seen this film. I have seen it. Uh, yes, it's I will not be. A guest nor a listener, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I have gone back and read about the movie and then thought about what I saw, and I'm like, okay, I guess that, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, the I... movie's so striking, it sticks in my mind enough that if I read about it, I'm yeah, like, you know, I remember that moment. Oh, yeah. that means this? Okay. <laughs> I mean, one of my one of my friends wrote his, like, master's, co- master's college thesis on Salo, so I'm going to have him <laughs> be my co-host, and he'll... They'll be able to get into the grander, like, filmy levels. But I want to have people, you know, in different walks of life, with different specialties, like different things, kind of all given their take on it and probably try to have some fun with it based on kind of what they do, what they know. And I think uh, I think, I think, think it'll be good. I, again, my only hurdle, hurdle is how do I do a podcast? What is a podcast? How do I record stuff? Where do I get a microphone from? Uh, basically all that stuff. But as soon as I figure those minor hurdles out, I think we'll, we'll get going. Well, it's not that hard to do a podcast because we do one. Yeah, and um, we're we're dummies. Yeah, I actually I used to do one. I'll you know, I didn't. I actually edited it and everything. And uh, hopefully, you don't get your tongue cut out before you start this show. Oh, I so I watched that movie 
I went in completely oh, blind. My, my whole thing died. See, I don't know what I'm doing. My whole feed just went out. We hear it's you. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We got you back. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'll, I, 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 a friend brought the DVD or um, over to my apartment, and I didn't know anything about it, and she just put it on. But you can't Did she even that. say she anything? Must... Did she just, you're like, oh, Jasmine, what are you doing she here? And she just remained silent. About <laughs> like, like something related to like the Marquita said. That's all she said. Well, but it's not, but like you can't see that's the thing. And that, that, that's what I want to, that's what I want to address with this for the most part. Get her on is the that, show. Is that it, it's one of the, I think it's one of like one, a, a legitimately great movie. And I, I don't like that it has a reputation of like faces of death. We're like, hey, check this out. You know, it's it, it's not that. It is it is very poignant. It has a, the, the brutality and the violence has a point to it. And so that's kind of what I want to get into. Because again, it's not like, you know, like some, some gore horror movie you're going to throw on Cannibal Holocaust or Faces mm-hmm. of Death or, you know, even, you know, like Serbian film, like throwing shit like that on just to gross people out. It's it's not that kind of thing. So And you still yeah. get people you can still approach it from like the level of like they don't even like movies like this anymore. <laughs> like yeah. it's what a picture. Yeah. Uh but you gotta have someone from like the anti Italian defamation league in on, on an episode, mm. I feel like. So. <laughs> no, I wanna get an Italian guy and just be like, what the is wrong with you guys? Yeah. That'd be a good first band this film. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what, what is wrong with you people? Why do you do this? <laughs> I mean, do people eat that much poop? I don't <laughs> You guys really give gold ribbons for that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Uh, yeah, All right. So <laughs> Next week, our split in two theme month continues with Star Trek Voyager's Deadlock. Two Janeways? Two Voyagers? Too much. Jesus Christ, that episode. <laughs> Check out TrekMaryKillPod.com for all of our standings. Fans and Zonai, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And until next week, TMK out. Bye. Bye. Bye.